To the ADW Profile Podcast, ADW for a deeper way. A deeper way. Mm-hmm. Today, we're not just talking about one aspect, right. like we often do. Today, right. we're introducing a family mm. of aspects. Of course, <laughs> one of our favorites, <laughs> as most are. Today, Tim, we're going to talk about the self concept yes. family. Yes. So as we do, let's start with kind of the facts of what we need to know. Tell us about the self-concept family, then we'll get in the weeds on it. It's the sixth family, the sixth family of the nine families that make up the whole picture of identity and personality. And as the sixth family, we're getting into what we talk about as level three, just as a refresher. Level one of identity is 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 recognizing skills, strengths, things I'm good at, right? Recognizing what other people are good at. And so that's really important. So let's recognize that. Level two of identity and personality looks at traits and patterns and kind of defaults, probabilities, tendencies. And that's where the big five families sit. And if you haven't watched those episodes, those big five families and all the aspects that make them up, they sit at level two. And that's kind of like what I'm likely to show up at in a given situation. So it isn't predictive of a specific situation per se, but level two traits and patterns, kind of what my defaults might be. Then we get to level three and level three is a deeper level than level one and two, right? And the idea at level three is, is the conscious practice is reveal, which is really all about showing and kind of sharing and, and revealing, to say the word again. But that's where self-concept sits. So it's not my default traits and patterns. It's not my strengths or skills, but it's really how I think about myself. And so when we get to these kind of deeper parts of personality or identity, those parts of us change over time. Right. So when we're at level one and two, those things are pretty well set. Right. And we kind of know that part of personality doesn't really change a whole lot, nor should it. And, but when we get down to level three, self-concept, how I think about myself, that really changes and evolves quite a bit. And it's dependent on the interaction of myself and how I think about myself with my environment. And when, when I say environment, I mean my circumstance. Yeah. And so the self-concept family, right? They pro- these scales provide insight into how an individual might interpret or understand their own thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, provides a deeper context into how they might conceptualize and understand themselves. Yeah. And, and it's about self-self relationship, right? So they shed light, these scales from the self-concept family, shed light into someone's subjective experience of themselves in the moment or in the circumstance that they're in. 
And that's really important to understand because it's both self and the environment. So if, if the situation changes, different job, whatever, these self-concept scales in how we're thinking about ourselves, those will likely change. Yeah. So I think that's a really foundational understanding or underpinning of, of, the, of this family and how it's different from the level one and level two families. Yeah, I think just to double down on that, I think there's a, there's a couple other families that are a little bit more amenable to change as well. Yeah. But I think self-concept is the most amenable to change. And yeah. um, both from an intentionality standpoint. So if you are doing your own work, if you're, you know, getting coaching right. and therapy, working through your ADW workbook, like whatever the case may be, you can absolutely have an impact on, on your self-concept. For let's sure. just, each of these will get their own episode, of course, but yeah. let's list off real mm. quickly. What are the aspects, the scales, uh, the components of self-concept in the self-concept family. Maybe we can list them quickly and then just say a sentence about kind of what that's kind of getting. One of the things about the self-concept family is the aspects without kind of digging into the descriptions, we can easily confuse them as being very similar Um, Mm. because in a sense, they are very tightly related Uh, and the distinction between them. Same family. Right. The distinctions between them can can be pretty small. Um, So first, self-reflection. Very simple. At this time that I find myself in, how much time and energy am I putting into reflecting and thinking about myself introspection? Yep. So far to the right, self-reflection on that aspect. The far to the left side is called externalizing. Right. And that's putting attention into external as opposed to the far right side internal. In terms of what we're thinking about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then we have self-confidence. I like to think of this as actually having a very narrow definition. Sometimes we put way too much into what self-confidence really is. And it's really very simply, I think I can do it. Yes. Right? I might not know everything right now about it. I might not even have any idea how to do it. Yep. But I think I, I'll be able to. So far to the right on this scale or aspect, self-confidence, far to the left would be what's called doubts, abilities, but it's really the other side of that question. Maybe I don't know if I can do it. Right. And the it here, and we'll get into this in the specific aspect, but the it is anything. Like the next thing that I'm being asked to do, do I default to... I think I can do it, or do I default to not sure if I can do it? Yeah. And again, here it's narrow, and we see how there's value in both. Mm-hmm. And so both can be helpful. Next one we have Six is self presentation. Self presentation. Mm. Again, very quickly around, or very narrowly rather, how much energy do I think I need to put into managing how other people see me? How much energy do I think I need to put into managing how other people are perceiving me? Yeah. Self-presentation. Self-presentation. And again, you can see as we're describing these very briefly, of course, how these are all about how I'm thinking about myself. Yes. 
right? Based on oh, kind of what meaning I'm making out of my circumstance, the environment. And so they can change, right? Yeah. One situation in a period of my life, I might think I need to put a lot of energy into managing other people's perceptions. And then I may come to know and realize that maybe I actually don't have to do that. Self-acceptance. Ooh. Self-acceptance. Just like it says, <laughs> how much of myself am I accepting? Yeah. And sort of the, the higher you will, if you will, on this scale that you are, really in this time, the more of yourself that you're accepting. Meaning right. all of those awesome strengths that we talk about in level one. And maybe all of those what if worries that we talk yeah. about in level four, We're not fighting against them. It's just, yeah, right. this is who I am. All the messy stuff, which is also all the beautiful stuff. And, and again, I think a really great point here. At different times in our life, we may be thinking about ourselves in a more accepting way. Or we may be kind of struggling with it. So it's not its not a death sentence. <laughs> no. But rather, where am I at right now yeah. with my self-self relationship? Yeah. Um, 6.5, what is it? Rounds it out with self-importance. Ooh, yes. And you can see how confidence, acceptance, if they're all, you know, very closely related. Yeah. But self-importance. Mm -hmm. um, I just had a coaching call giving feedback on someone with someone this morning talking about this idea. Different from confidence, and it's more about, do I think I'm the one who should be doing this? Mm. Right? Regardless of whether I think I can or not, right? which is more about self-confidence. Self-importance yeah. is, am I the one who should be doing this? Yeah. Does, does, does what I have to say matter? Does right? what I have to say matter and you can see how we can over amplify that we can under amplify that if that's a thing but yeah it's a really good picture too of in this time where's the person at right, right. where am i at so one of the other significant differences yeah. that gets introduced in the self-concept family mm. that's different from the big five um, patterns and traits is this idea of expressed yeah. versus underlying. So with ADW profile, self-concept, as well as some other family psychological values and social structures, we're measuring expressed, which is kind of what we're comfortable saying out loud to the world. Mm -hmm. And then underlying different score on the same aspect, which is, what am I maybe whispering deep down inside to myself? Yeah. This is so important for this self-concept family. Yes. Because, you know, we talk so much about, and I think increasingly so, the importance of accepting where you are in a given moment. Yeah. And what what that sort of difference between expressed versus underlying gives us insight to in is sort of well what am i maybe not kind of radically accepting about my self self relationship right yeah um when we see significant differences between expressed and underlying 
right? We can't draw any immediate conclusions, right? Because there's all kinds of things that might mean, but one of the things we do know is I'm saying something different out loud than I'm saying to myself. Yeah. Right. So, and, and I, well, I think too, continue building on what you're talking about. The, the expressed is, is sometimes like what I have language for, mm-hmm. like what I actually say, what mm-hmm. I, with words, <laughs> the underlying is, is often connected to those three dimensions of knowing that don't necessarily have words for it. So emotional, physical, spiritual, that felt lived sense, that experience. So what, like you're saying, when we see express go one way and underlying go another way, what that's saying is the words that I might have around how I say out loud about myself those don't necessarily feel like they match the lived experience of what I feel about myself. Let's pick an aspect. So self-confidence, because yeah. I think most people yes. really grab the grab. So let's say that we saw on, on someone's results and I actually see this fairly often. Mm-hmm. Their expressed self-confidence is actually fairly low. Their underlying self-confidence is significantly higher. Mm-hmm. So you basically have one bar going one direction and the other bar going in the other direction. Yeah. It, it, you it, saw that. Yeah. What, what might you be curious about there? I'd be curious to know if that person felt in their life that they had permission to say that they yeah. think they can do it. And I'd be curious to know if, if maybe they didn't feel that they were allowed to say, hey, I really believe in myself, but how they lived and the experiences they had, they actually internalized and realized that they could. Yeah. So I think so that's I, a super important point right. when we're looking at that distinction and it, the impact of, well, what messages have I received about what I get to say yes. out loud? You know, totally. in, our, in our Midwest upbringing, you know, right. you're not supposed to say too loudly, you know, that you think you can do things. You need to right. stay humble. Right? Yeah. And, and so there is that that piece of, well, what do mm-hmm. I feel I'm allowed to say out loud versus right. how I feel about myself? Right. And what's interesting, that could work in either direction. Right. Yeah. Some people might have internalized the message. Well, I need to say that I can do it. Even underneath, if oh my no gosh, I have no idea. <laughs> right. Right. So what we, how we talk about the, the differences in that express versus underline is sort of that degree of congruence. The more in alignment that our expressed and underlying are, the more congruent mm-hmm. those, those situations. Meaning I'm probably going to have a higher likelihood of showing up more consistently mm-hmm. if I'm at a spot where what I'm feeling comfortable expressing out loud to the world is a little bit more consistent and congruent with what I'm actually telling myself. Yeah. For the non-therapists out there, congruence is the words match the feelings. <laughs> Right. Do the words that I say match how I actually feel about it? Yeah. 
And I think, again, not to double down, but probably tripling down on this, we all have moments in our lives where our words don't match. Our oh, yes. And we all have different times in our lives when we have more access to belief in ourselves. We have moments in our lives when we aren't spending a lot of time in self-reflection. So this family is not, as I said earlier, it's not a sentence that this is what you are forever, but it's a snapshot of how you are now and how you are in this kind of time in your life. And when our, I hate the word seasons, but when seasons of life are different, these scales move around and they're a really useful picture into kind of how am I right now? Yeah. And I think the, the, the sort of message or the, the principle in all of that is the idea of the more courageously honest mm. we can be with ourselves about what we're actually thinking about ourselves, the more that we can actually find that elusive moment of groundedness. Because what, what happens when we have more incongruence, so when I'm trying to put something into the world, but I'm feeling very differently inside, what we're actually doing sort of unconsciously is fighting against what we're feeling inside, mm-hmm. right? So to take that confidence thing, right? Maybe I'm saying out loud that I know I can do it, but deep down, I don't feel like I can because they're incongruent. I'm putting all this energy externally to fight against what's going on internally. But the, the trick there is that it's never going to work. <laughs> that, that, that fighting against the internal experience just right. doesn't work. And, and I think one thing I wanted to add to kind of tie it back to your opening comments, the reason we have the self-concept family in the profile yeah. is because it, it tells a really important part of our individual stories mm-hmm. that helps inform how those traits and patterns are likely to show up. Yes. So often you know, we just, we have an assessment that just looks at those traits and patterns. And then we don't always show up the same way. That way. Just because we're extroverted or or, right. or whatever the case may be. Because our self-concept has a significant impact on how our traits and patterns <clears throat> are going to show up, right? Because it's that meaning-making family yes. about, about the stories I'm telling myself about myself that directly impact how my traits and patterns are going to be showing up. To, to pull it back then, if we can radically accept, which is sort of a phrase that's you know come on the scene in the past 10 years, but I actually really like it. If we can radically accept our, what our self-concept actually is. Yeah. Right? That's where this family is helpful, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm actually not... I'm, I'm, I'm on the lower end of self, self-acceptance these days. That's not... Exactly. It's not doesn't bad. doesn't have to be a bad thing. No. But it's really important that I know it and that I accept it. Accept my low self-acceptance. That's a <laughs> quandary. But 
that's in in my perspective that's the only path toward perhaps changing it otherwise it's just a fight right and fights don't really mean what's the point (laughs) heard a really great phrase if i'm stuck in what if i need to get to what is that's exactly it yes exactly it how lovely say it again if I'm stuck in what if, I need to get to what is. Because the if, it, it implies, uh, I don't know. Mm. So, so I'm living in the fantasy, right? Totally. If, ifs are, well, it could be, right? And, you know, I love me a good could be. That's wonderful ambig- ambiguity, but... <laughs> But sort of basing one's groundedness on that isn't going to work, right? No. Because one what if only leads to the next one. Exactly. <laughs> There's no end point with those. Right. And, and I think what was so saving about that is there is a way out of that. There is a way out of the smoke. There is a way out of the fight. There is a way out of that ungrounded place, and it's to look at what is. Oh, that's my new favorite thing. What is? Mm-hmm. Well, what is? <laughs> it's that our time is wrapping up here. Yes. Final. Family six, self-concept. Any final self-concept nuggets as we sign Thank off? Thank you for your wisdom. <laughs> To yourself, yes. No, to you. Oh, Doctor Lenko, you dropped the wisdom one on that one. I love uh, that. What? How do we move from what if to what? What is is? You know, not to con- confuse things, but I think we're far enough in where we can start to integrate. You know, who could be really helpful? The kind of people who could be really helpful with helping you find a what is are people who tend to have a more concrete thinking style. Yes. Because they live more in the what is space. That was on my mind because I was just giving feedback to someone about their concrete thinking. Mm-hmm. So groundedness Use to it. how they interact yep. with information. Self-concept family 6.0, self-reflection, self-confidence, self-presentation, self-acceptance, self-important. Each of those will have their own dedicated episodes mm. coming to you. In the meantime, get that self-awareness. Stay curious.